welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. This podcast, hosted by Kate Agnew and Marie Ferguson, will empower you to realize your professional dreams by giving you access to our global community of dietitians. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we'll educate you, inspire you, and help you create more impact as a dietitian. Welcome to Dietitian Connections podcast. My name is Marie Ferguson and I'm the founder and director of Dietitian Connection. And it's my pleasure to have Julie Meyer with us today. Uh, Julie is the founder and co-CEO at Eat Well Global. And we're going to be talking all things mentoring, which is one of my favorite topics. And I know it's one of Julie's as well. So welcome and thanks for joining us, Julie. Yes. Thank you so much, Marie. It is wonderful to be here. I have been following along um, with Dietitian Connection for a long time. So it's an absolute pleasure to get to spend this time with you talking about a topic that you and I both share such a great passion for. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Um, to get started, could you tell us a little bit about maybe why you founded Eat Well Global and what your role is? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a background uh, originally in communications. My first job out of college was in uh, was in was at a PR agency, and I was so lucky to have my first account end up being Quaker Oats. Um, so in about the three years I was working at a PR agency, I got to really understand uh, the world of nutrition communications, and I was so inspired that I actually went back to school to become a dietitian. So I was a communicator first, dietitian second. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. um, but really kind of an entrepreneur at heart. Both my parents are business owners. So I pretty quickly realized I really wanted to work on my own. I was a consultant for quite some time. And then I ended up having the fabulous opportunity to live in China. So from 2009 to 2011, my uh, husband and my three and six-year-old daughter and I all packed up and we lived in Shanghai for two years. And there I started a company called Eat Well Shanghai, uh, which was basically a guidebook really for helping folks living in China uh, eat better. And I did a couple of different things, but eventually I really got interested in the global aspect of nutrition as well. So I brought together my first comms background, my second nutrition, the third global, and created a very specialized agency that works with all different stakeholders in the food system. Uh, we, you know, of course, farm to fork like a lot of us. And uh, our mission is really empowering global change agents in food and nutrition. Um, and a lot of the work that we do is uh, with the food industry. So whether those are large food companies, agriculture organizations, commodity boards, uh, global health groups, startups, retailers, ingredient companies, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all the way through. this is the, these are the kind of organizations that we support. And my role, uh, as you said, I'm the founder, I'm the co-CEO, and I'm really focused on uh, the growth and the innovation of the organization and how can we continue to help uh, to empower these global change agents. And I think this conversation is really uh, germane to that because mentoring is just a phenomenal way to really empower others. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. I, I think you and I could talk for hours because those are all my yeah. passions as well. Dietetics, marketing, communications, global and food industry. So I'm sure we could chat for hours, but uh, let's yeah. focus on mentoring today. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your experience um, with mentors that you might have had over your career? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's funny, Marie. I'm a bit of a mentor fail, I would have to say. I think I am a very independent, I'm an only child. Um, You know, I think as an entrepreneur as well, we're very bold headed, I think, in the sense of thinking that we know exactly what to do Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of doing it on our own. And when I look back at my experience, I could really think that I would have gotten a lot further a lot faster if I had had if I had asked for more mentoring. I definitely had folks who uh, appeared to play those roles for me, but I was very, you know, kind of bold headed in, um, in moving forward on my own. So that is actually one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about mentoring now is that I can see the incredible benefit of it. But that having been said, I did have, uh, you know, all those kind of people along the way, sort of my first boss, one of my first clients, um, and certainly uh, both my parents, again, being their, their own business owners as well, that I think added different elements to my journey, whether that was being a cheerleader, whether that was you know confidence, sort of seeing something in me that I didn't necessarily see in myself. Uh, but I really wished I had had more content and context around mentoring to be able to establish better uh, mentee and mentoring relationships early on. What about you? Yeah, I always say, um you know, have as many mentors as you can and, you know, and and in lots of different areas, both within dietetics and outside of dietetics. And, you know, I've had both um, amazing dietitian mentors. My PhD supervisor, um, Sandra Kappa, was incredible. Mm. Um, Karen Inge is a a fellow business colleague that I uh, love chatting to. And then I, um, you know, have a business coach who I actually met when I worked at Abbott and yeah, just having the mix of different experiences and they can give you different perspectives based on their own experience, I think is really valuable. It, it's incredible. And I love hearing that about the, sort of the different, different, you know, your different stops along the way um, in different areas as well. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And I think they can really create sliding door moments for you too, in terms of where your career goes mm-hmm. next. Um, Oh, I so, love that sliding door moment. Yeah, That's a yeah. great, great way. I was kind of call it um, warmer, warmer, colder, colder. <laughs> <laughs> so you have those moments where you're like, oh, this thing, I can see this opening. I'm kind of moving towards, you know, something warmer. And, and then when it kind of feels like not right, it's colder, colder, but I like sliding door moments. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. And so what, what would be some of the reasons why people should become a mentee or a mentor? Um, you know, what are the, some of the benefits do you think? Oh my gosh. So I would say, you know, for sure at this time now, as I mentioned, I was not great at getting mentors when I was younger, um, when I first started, but now I am both, you know, actively seeking out mentors as well as really enjoying being a mentor. I am getting so much out Mm -hmm. of mentoring others, whether those are, um, you know, sort of junior team members. I do a lot of mentoring with, um, business owners, other business owners, diverse business owners. That's really an area of passion for for me. So my why uh, behind mentorship at this point as mentoring others is just a huge benefit for me because I learn when I teach and I tell my mentees things that I really should be doing and I should be thinking about. Um, I do research for them and I come up with ideas both for them and for me. And there is nothing 
better than feeling like you have helped somebody else on their journey. I can think of one business owner in particular that I meet with every other week and we've worked together on her mission and her vision. We've helped her organize her staffing. I've helped her, you know, think about her value proposition. And just to see the success that she's gotten from these conversations with me makes me feel amazing. So I would definitely say at this point in my career, I have the why of, um, of being a mentor because it's been really fabulous for me. Um, all that having been said, I think there is an incredible value of being a mentee. And I have heard that from others that really, I mean, you and I can go through a, a laundry list, but we call it firewalking hearing things that have gone, not gone well for your mentor, them letting you know about uh, potential uh, you know, pitfalls ahead that you could potentially avoid, which I didn't. Uh, I think that is a huge part of the benefit of being a mentee and really establishing these long-term relationships, which I find to be the most valuable you know, a great relationships is the most valuable part of our human experience, I think. And to be able to develop these mentoring relationships where you can really track each other over time, I think that's a, that's a huge why. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know some of my mentors, you know, it's 20, 25 plus years. Um, it's great that I can still pick up the phone and, you know, they're happy to give me advice, you know, 25 years later. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Those really long-term relationships are so important. Yeah, and and I think I I think that it's a really undervalued experience right now, and something uh, along with the work I do at Eat Well Global, I've also been working on it on a side project related to mentoring, as I mentioned earlier, um, called Augmentors, and, and really mentoring mentorship. And the the thing that's come up for us a lot is that the maybe it's the word mentor, or maybe it's the the you know concept mentorship maybe it sounds a bit old school kind yeah. of like you know networking or mm-hmm. you know sales i don't know what what do you what do you think of that do you think there I could agree. be an opportunity to rebrand mentorship uh, totally i i think it's sometimes daunting too or scary and creates fear it's like which is what that we're going to talk about next is how do you approach a potential mentor because i think that's the most scary part but if you just think about it as another relationship um not as something <laughs> you know, with a word attached to it, then it's just about creating a connection with someone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's a great question. We kind of talk about it as finding your guide. So, you know, initially, I think as you, as you're getting started and kind of kicking off this mentoring uh, journey for yourself, you know, you're thinking about how to approach a new mentor. A couple of things I have found that are valuable to think of is one is really setting your vision or what are your goals? So when you're going to look for a new mentor, you want to think about somebody who potentially is doing something that you'd want to do, who has a life that you would want to have, who has work that you're really interested in. So you really kind of want to set your vision um, and think about where do you want to go? I don't know, Marie, maybe you find this too. I often get people who approach me uh, to be a mentor because I'm a business owner mm-hmm. or they'll approach me because, and, and they would like to start a business or uh, potentially they see a value in maybe the values that I have or, you know, we're a B Corp or um, potentially my work-life balance with my children or what have you. So I think when you're, when, when it, as a mentee, if you're looking to approach a new or potential mentor, I think it's really important to think about what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you want? What's your vision for yourself and who can help you? I don't know if that sounds, if that sort of resonates for you or if you've had that experience as well. 
No, definitely. I, I think um, you need to be sort of self-directed as that ment- mentee as well and, um, you know, not rely on the mentor to drive the conversation. So like you said, yeah. having the goals and, you know, what do you want to get out of each meeting and actually the mentee needs to drive that and that's where they're going to get the most value if they are being self-directed. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. We kind of call that a roadmap, right? You're kind mm-hmm. of writing out a roadmap for yourself. And what are the stops along the way to get to to your goal? And how do you kind of have your mentor as your um, sidekick with you along along mm-hmm. that path? Um, but I think more practically, you know, where to look? That's a great question. I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about that in terms of um, how do you identify those those people? You know, definitely LinkedIn, I think, for, for our world is critical. Um, I would say most people that I connect with, I connect with on LinkedIn where they'll approach me. And if, if I don't you know, know them, if it's a cold, cold call. Um, and oftentimes with my mentees, I say, hey, take a look at my, my LinkedIn, you know, take a look. Is there somebody you'd like to meet? Um, you know, go through, scroll through the profiles and, and I'm happy to connect you with folks. So sometimes if your first stop isn't somebody that is exactly the right mentor, asking that person to connect you to others is a great way to, um, to expand your network as well. I think that's the easiest way too. I think if you can get but a beyond referral. That, I have lots of other ideas too, as well. And in our, in our industry or our world, we're very lucky because um, I think we have a lot of great ways to connect with others. So for example, my business partner, Aaron Kappelhoff, I met through uh, the American Overseas Dietetic Association, as it was called before. I think it's International Affiliate of the Academy now. Uh, and we met on the board. So we both took board positions. She was the president. I was the uh, fundraising chair. And and uh, that's how how we met. Um, so I think joining the professional organizations that are available to us, there's so many, and taking a leadership position is a great, great way to meet new mentors. Totally agree. And what sorts of things do you think people need to look for? Like, is it a um, similar values or the, the experiences they're trying to get? How would people go about, you know, selecting that right person to start with? Yeah, well, I think that's a little bit of what, you know, I was thinking around the vision mm-hmm. and seeing what is it exactly that your your goal is and what are you mm-hmm. looking to do? So I would say even identifying, especially if you are using LinkedIn, you know, titles. Um, are you looking to have a clinical nutrition role? Are you looking to have, you know, in our world, are you looking to work in food marketing? Um just starting to type in some of those keywords uh, to see who's connected to who and who you could potentially pull up with. So I think just really, again, identifying who you think, uh, what, what it is, is that you're looking to, uh, to, to gain, and then looking at those titles or those profiles to see where you'd, you'd potentially want to, um, mm-hmm. to get a new mentor from. And so once someone's been able to, you know, get that first meeting with their mentor, what sorts of things should they prepare or consider before meeting with them? Um, What have you found works really well? Yeah, well, I think there, I think there's a little bit of a step between that. So mm-hmm. you know how it is when you get a cold. I mean, I'm sure Marie, this happens. This has just been a fascinating experience. I have this happen where I'll get you know kind of cold emails, and I have seen a wide variety of uh, ways that these are positioned. Everything from, "Hey Julie, I'm a student at XYZ. I majored in blah." if you'd like to know more about me, write me back. And you think, <laughs> okay, uh, well, you know, mm-hmm. I'm busy. So I'd love to hear more. And then you probably also receive 
really fabulous, thoughtful reach out emails or LinkedIn. Somebody has done their homework. They've taken a look at what you do. They've seen something in you that they would like to learn or know more about. So they're really specific in what they're asking you. They set time. Hey, I'm available, you know, Fridays after three o'clock. Would that be convenient for you? Let me know times that are convenient for you. I'll set up the call, et cetera. So make it as easy for your mentor to say yes to mentoring you as possible. Do not make it confusing for them. Do not be vague. (laughs) Um, Keep it really simple. So that's something we're really working on are some tips on how to create that first outreach in a way that's compelling and mutually beneficial off the bat. Yeah, and I, I... I get both ends of the spectrum as well, Julie, and, and I can say that the ones who have done the homework are the ones that I, you know, you, you then spend the time with. Um, and we've got some tips on our website, dietitianconnection.com. If you type in the search engine, um, want to find a mentor for your career, um, we've got a really great script there. That it's, it's, it's a real script that was sent to me by email that was someone that was successful in, in getting a meeting with me. So, yeah, there's Fabulous. definitely... Yes. Um, the more detail and the clearer and showing that you've done your homework, I totally agree. You'll have greater success. Oh, 100%. 100%. And being really clear at, uh, well, the other thing too, Marie, honestly, you know this too, is flattery. Flattery does kind of get you everywhere. <laughs> Right. Yes, Yes, it does. (laughs) It really does. So hearing, you know, I've just looked at your business and I'm so amazed by what you're doing. And yes, please. We want more of that versus, uh, you know, talking a lot about yourself or complaining or any, anything like that, yeah. you know, go in with the positive. Uh, and that's a great place to start. You don't obviously have to continue that relationship in that kind of a tone, but certainly it gets my, I know, you know, what can I say? I'm human. It gets my attention when I hear, hear things like that. And you know what, Marie, the other thing I did want to mention, which I had had um, skipped over as we were talking about approaching and looking for new mentors and networking, we do have an Eat Well Connect network um, that we have through Eat Well Global that we are working on also connecting and having more networking events also. So I know we were talking mm-hmm. about different professional organizations. I know you have that as well. So mm-hmm. I think with both of our organizations are also places um, to look for to approach mentors. And I think everybody who's joining those organizations are also really willing to help out if they're not quite the right person, you know, to help you find help you find somebody as well yeah and I think where possible if you can get a referral if somebody knows that person you you want to connect with that's your best entree in yes absolutely absolutely and I think not being scared to make that that email or that call yes and also being okay with uh, knowing that you might not you know you're gonna have your average is gonna be less than stellar yes if you reach out to five people, eight people, chances are you're going to hear back from a few. You probably will not hear back from all five or eight. So I think looking to uh, reach out to multiple mentors mm-hmm. is a great place to start. It's just, you know, I it's been a very long time since I've dated Marie. I mean, so long ago that, you know, we didn't even have cell phones. Yes. <laughs> So, but I've heard from the kids that, uh, you know, it's like dating, right? You want to, you want to have a couple options out there, uh, not just, you know, sort of looking at one Mm -hmm. and and hoping that it works out. Mm -hmm. So we've got that first meeting now, um, any preparation, homework, tips for making that a successful first meeting? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. So I think for that first meeting, and it's great now, I think people are meeting a little bit more in person. So if that's possible, you know, I think that's always your optimal, but if not, you know, a Zoom, a video conference, some way to get to see each other and, you know, dedicate that time to having that conversation. So I love, you know, I think just great eye contact, really active listening on the mentee's part, um, coming with some good questions, but really being open to hearing what the mentor has to say. Um, and and being specific in your questions or what you're interested in hearing more about. So I get questions often, you know, what is it like to start your own business? What is it like to have a partner? How did you get your first client? What was the, you know, what are some of the challenges that you faced in the last couple of years? What were some challenges you faced at the beginning of your career? So these kind of questions, I think, as a mentee comes with specific questions, active listening, looking, you know, you in the eye and, um, and then, you know, creating follow-up questions or having having that kind of, you know, ongoing conversation, I think, is critical. Just to be frank, I do find that sometimes there are mentoring, you know, folks reaching out for mentors with the goal of getting a position. I have that. Perhaps you have that too, Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. But I think really making sure that you're establishing that relationship, um, that that's really the critical part of, of this. And, and really practicing that active listening is, is the most important way to start. I often get my mentees to actually send me an agenda ahead of time because then I know yeah. that they're going to have to think about it and actually process before they they come. So I think that can be really helpful to to actually you know consolidate that on paper as to what you actually I want to talk about. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And also having them really be clear on what they're looking to get out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful too uh, from your mentee is you know, like I said, mentee saying, I really am interested in talking to you because I want to start a business. I'm really interested in talking to you because, you know, I, I'm interested in impact or, or what have you. Because then, then as a mentor, it's helpful. You can kind of frame your conversations for that. And the other thing I think is just key is really being vulnerable on both mm-hmm. parts. I think mm-hmm. as the mentor, it's important that you're able to share, you know, what we kind of call your firewalking or things that, that haven't gone well or challenges that you had. And then for the mentee to be vulnerable in, you know, saying that they're here for a particular reason to learn something and to gain something from you versus, you know, nobody likes know-it-alls on either side, because then why are you even having the conversation? If you both know everything, then, then why are you even here? So I think vulnerability is really key. Yeah. And I guess that really comes with trust and um, knowing that it's going to be kept confidential as part of that mentor-mentee relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you go about fostering that two-way relationship so that both people can be vulnerable and, you know, really get to some of the deep and meaningful conversation, which is going to, you know, lead to, you know, growth and um, development for both parties? Yeah, absolutely. And we this is kind of the engagement, right? Like how do you keep how do you stay connected and how yeah. do you keep each other interested in yeah. each other's lives? And like all relationships, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes um, you know, carving time out of both of your schedules, both for the conversations, but also carving time out of your schedule to uh think about the relationship or think about uh is are there articles, are there is there homework that your mentor gave you and make sure that you're doing that? Are there follow-ups that you had from your last conversation? Are, are there things that each of you could be thinking about for each other? So I love, you know, again, going back to this uh, woman whose business I'm mentoring, as I see articles throughout the week, I'll forward them onto her and then we'll have them as, as part of our conversation. Uh, just like you would with a friend, you know, you're out, out and about and you saw something that your friend 
might be interested in and you know you let them know about something that you saw or um you know it could be a, a family member or what have you just making sure that you're continuing to keep that relationship top of mind and keep the content going back and forth between each other and then also really setting up a cadence uh again with this with this lady we speak every other week on friday mornings it's on our calendars we try to keep it really protected that time so we can both show up for each other um and i think that's i think that's that's really important as well mm. I think, you know, especially for relationships that go over years, I think it's making that time to check in and, um, you know, you might not be having those regular meetings anymore, but, um, you know, making the time to still connect with those important people that have been valuable in your life. Yeah. And that's actually another thing that we've seen super interesting is all the transitions that can happen in a mentoring relationship. So even uh, this person who's, as I mentioned, from Tufts um, Friedman School, who we've been working together on some of this mentoring work. When we started off, he was a bit more of a mentor to me um, because we were talking a lot about finances of the business. And then I sort of transitioned to become a mentor to him because he was really interested in um, communicating better and, and different kinds of work he was doing. And then we actually went from sort of mentor, mentee, mentee, mentor to now, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of equals working on on a on on a venture together and i think that was an interesting part with with aaron my other business partner as well we've kind of had these these ongoing um flipping and flopping a bit of the Mm. mentor and the mentee so i think staying really open to what the relationship could transition into Mm. and just like all relationships transition into into different ways so i think just being really open to what that could look like so what are some of the pitfalls or challenges that people might need to be aware of and, you know, how can we best prevent those from happening? Yes, yes. I think being really, uh, you know, I always feel like active listening is such an important part of any kind of an engagement. And I think there are times where again, we kind of can either fall into putting up some walls or sort of a lack of vulnerability or kind of shutting down that active listening piece. So again, like most relationships, when you stop communicating or you're not really showing up for each other, I think that would be, um, you know, that, that that's how sometimes these, these relationships can go a bit sideways. And mm-hmm. and sometimes relationships just peter out. And, and I think that's fine. You know, a lot of times people come together and they have relationships with each other and, and they learn different things from each other at certain times. And then, then it, it passes on. I do think that um, just continuing to communicate and con- continuing to remember why you came together in the first place and then continue to to show if that's valuable or not valuable and if it's not then you can certainly let it go and um and move on to doing you know move on to mentoring somebody else i would say also there has been maybe a bit more of a culture around not uh, you know call it ghosting or disappearing um and i think that would probably be a huge challenge in this relationship if if that happens because i know if both people are really invested it's hard when you lose track of somebody or they or they don't show up um for each other so those those are some ways that i think those can kind of go sideways and i think at the end of the day it's really being true to what's happening in the relationship and and letting it go if it's not if it's not working out and then that opens you up to have another mentor or another mentee depending upon which end lost its way yeah and i think that as you said can really happen you know when if, if you approach a particular mentor for a particular to develop a particular skill for example and you've kind of mastered that well then you might have another skill that you're looking to then develop and you need another mentor to help you with that so 
I think you can have different mentors at different times for different purposes. Absolutely. And I love what you said at the very beginning, the most important thing, you know, have as many mentors as you can. I mean, as many mentors as you can manage to, you know, manage at the same time, I think, you know, the more, the more, the merrier. Yeah, the more brains, the better mm-hmm. off we are, I think. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think also just being really honest, as we said, that's really t- tied to vulnerability. But I think being really honest with each other is, is critical. So what are some other do's and don'ts? Do you kind of have a list of things that you might talk to mentees about in terms of yeah, yeah to get the most valuable experience? Yeah, I think the key thing is, um, you know, in terms of, of mentoring do's and don'ts, I would say from um, the mentor standpoint, I think really letting the mentee lead, I think chasing down your mentee is probably not the best way to um you know, I think there is, there is not, I don't want to say a power dynamic, but there is a bit of a, you know, two different roles. So I think as, as a, as a mentor, you know, if you find your mentee is kind of not showing up or, or letting go, I think just a quick check-in and see how they're doing. And then if it find if they find that they're not, you know, showing up, then I think that's, that's probably uh, a good, a good way to let it go. I think as a mentor mm-hmm. to continue to chase somebody, um, isn't always a great way of, of, of working out. And I, and I do think when, uh, in terms of a mentoring do, I mean, that's kind of a mentoring don't, I think a mentoring do is really leaning into thoughtfulness and being really thoughtful uh, with each other and um, being, you know, thoughtful of each other's time, thoughtful of each other's interests, what, you know, the other person might want to know more about, what you might want to share, sharing opportunities, events, et cetera. Um, So I think overall, you know, on the do side, the most important thing I think is being really thoughtful with each other and on the don't side is I think don't you know try to chase a relationship or make it work if it doesn't feel like it's working or if both Mm -hmm. parties aren't really invested in it I'd say those are those are two things and then I also think you know just again being really honest with yourself what are you really looking for if you think oh gosh I really want to you know be the CEO of a company and or CEO of a big organization I really want to climb the corporate ladder and a year or two in you're finding that you're not really interested in that don't keep you know, sort of pretending you do, um, it's okay to, to, to want to pivot and to change your mind as well. And I know you're working on it, um, developing some resources in this mm-hmm. mentoring space. Can you share, you know, where people might be able to go to learn more about mentoring? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, we have an Eat Well Connect network. Uh, if you go to Eat Well Global and at the top, you can click to Eat Well Connect. And we have a network. I think right now we have 950, soon to be 1,000 health professionals who have signed up with us. And we're happy to um, have more from all over the globe. And we will be doing some mentoring content through there. Uh, as well, this uh, class that we're doing, a master class in conjunction with Tufts, as well as augmenters.us is the website. And we're working on creating um, modules as well as a podcast. We'll be interviewing people about their mentoring relationship. So both of those places are two places to go to find mentoring content on our side. And Marie, you also have some mentoring content. Yeah. If you just search for mentoring in um, or mentor in our um, dietitianconnection.com search bar, you'll you'll find some resources there. And we'll include some links in, in the show notes as well. So you can have easy access to the links we've talked about today. Is there anything Great. else you'd like to, any final words of wisdom, Julie, on mentoring? No, you know, I think, as I, as I said at the beginning, I, I think it's really important that people 
care more about each other and share each other's journeys more. Um, I would say creating and maintaining great relationships is really the best part of life. So this is a really special way that you can be part of somebody else's life, both as a mentor and as a mentee. And I'm excited that more people are interested in talking about it. And I hope that we can get people excited about participating. Totally agree. I just think mentoring is so um, valuable for for each of us in our journey. So um, please, if you don't have a mentor, please make it your goal to find one in, in, you know, in the next few weeks as your action item from this podcast. Absolutely. And I'm always happy to connect with others as well. So you can certainly find me on LinkedIn or, or through my website as well. If you have questions or want to chat about your mentoring journey, please reach out. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Julia. Really appreciate it. Love chatting with you about our favorite topic, mentoring. And um, we may have to get you back on this podcast because there's so much more I'd like to ask you about eWell Global. I, I, <laughs> I love to talk, Marie. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part of the day. Yeah. Thank you so I much. I really appreciate you having me on as well. It was an absolute pleasure and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. And we look forward to seeing you on a future Dietitian Connection podcast. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Marie. To get all of the links and resources we discussed through this episode, you can go to dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts. And if you'd like to support the Dietitian Connection podcast, please leave a review for us and a rating on the Apple Podcast app. Tell us what you thought about this episode, what you learned, and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes. We really value hearing from you and we really value your feedback. So please, please hit that review button.